Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. The Athletic. The only way to score is, of course, to play uh, with a hand break off. Hello, I'm Ian Stone. This is Handbreak Off, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by The Athletic. So the 2023-2024 Premier League campaign kicks off tomorrow, that's Friday, and the Arsenal are in action on Saturday lunchtime when they face Nottingham Forest at the Emirates. I'm joined this morning by Adrian Clark and Art de Roche for a season preview. Morning. Hello, Stone. Good morning. Morning. Good morning, innit? Any morning is a good morning when Tottenham have to sell Harry Kane, don't you think? <laughs> I mean, uh, now I'm just saying, it feels good to me. Although, obviously, it'll be playing for Bayern Munich now and we will definitely get them in the Champions League. <laughs> oh, 100%. Of course we will. Of course. <laughs> no, look, North London derbies, we all know what Kane tends to do in those. So, yeah, I'm, I'm all for this move. Uh, me too, me too. And I think it'd be really good for his career and that's my main concern. Anyway, <laughs> before we start the whole season preview and what we think, this week, Bakary Sanya told a story about watching Barcelona against Real Madrid at Mikel Arteta's house when they were players. And Mikel kept asking him questions about what the right-backs were doing. And Sanya eventually said, mate, I just came to watch the game, right? <laughs> Now, we all know we've got people, you know, uh, essentially it's a pet peeve, right, of uh, of Bakary Sanders. We wondered if you had one, Adrian, pet peeve about people who watch football or people who play football, anything that come to mind? I've got loads of pet peeves about, yeah, <laughs> when, when people are watching football. It's normally uh, around just picking on players. I hate it. I hate hearing supporters pick on the same players every time even when they're playing well just because they've got something against that player but but my pet peeve the one I'd, I'd sort of put down here is to do with the stadium and it shouldn't annoy me at all because it's no big deal but the trophy signage around that middle tier okay you know it's got the images of all the trophies we've won in the years it's all higgledy-piggledy it's the, they're dotted around here, there, and everywhere. There's weird spaces in between the seventies and the and the, and the and the nineties or whatnot. It, and it shouldn't wind me up, but it does. I just think, come on, how hard is it to get it get them on a nice even uh, line around the stadium, just so that we've got a little bit more room to add add our new ones that are, that are incoming over well, the next few years. That is a fair point. But I, I'm just wondering, are you a man who has his bookcases in alphabetical order? Is that what it is? <laughs> your, your CD collections? I mean, how do you do it? Genre? I have OCD moments, but uh, yeah, not, okay. not, I'm not David Becker. I know Bex is very much like that. I'm not like that. But most footballers that I know, or a lot, high proportion of footballers, have that OCD about them. It's just, I don't know why it is, but they do. Right, okay. Uh, yeah. Art, what about you? Pet peeves at football? Anything to do yeah. with the stadium? Anything to do with the seats or something? <laughs> what, what, what have you got? Mine's a bit more general and it comes down to watching football at home when the punditry team obviously have no 
idea about the teams they're watching. So they just kind of fall into generalizations about certain players or the team itself. It is very infuriating, especially when it's Arsenal, because it sticks out more then. But um, that's kind of my pet peeve, which I'm happy I'm going to get back to this weekend. <laughs> well, yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> Pet peeves for me. People who eat at football. Why are oh, you eating God, at football? What's wrong with eating at football? What do you mean? What's everything's <laughs> wrong with eating at football? You can't concentrate. Eating, eat in a restaurant. Go to football, watch the game, <laughs> and then eat afterwards or eat before. Yeah. I mean, it's an hour and a half. It, all right, even, like, even with the added time we got now, it's gonna be another ten minutes at the most. Bring a small snack. I don't mind a small snack, but anything <laughs> anything that requires a plate, um, just get in the bin. Anyway, um, let's talk about the new season. New season starts Saturday morning. I mean, all right, let's talk about the formation and the system. Art, what is our formation? I mean, is there one or, or are we all a bit, you know, we're, we're adaptable? I think there's a basic kind of structure but then within that, there's just lots of freedom, which is a great thing. And that basic structure would be that 4-3-3 that we saw for a lot of last season. But then there's so much movement within that. So I think it'll be interesting to have that conversation as the season kind of goes ahead. Because with different players, I also feel like there will be different kind of versions of it. So with Timber, I can't imagine how that would look because now we've got someone who can invert off both sides. But further forward, then you have that, I guess, attacking group of five players that I think will still be there. But they'll just have maybe a free space for everyone to roam about, which hopefully brings um, a lot of creativity. Yeah, I mean adaptability is the key, Adrian. I mean, do you are you is your mind slightly blown from when you were a player to how things are now? And the uh, do you think players are more intelligent now because of the way? And this is not a dig, you understand, but I'm just. But do you understand what I'm saying because of of, of how free, as Art said, these these formations can be. Definitely, players have to be more intelligent now. They have to take on so much more information yeah. than you did back in the day. We had very little in terms of scouting report, analysis. I barely remember analysing my own performances. It it just didn't used to happen. You didn't have the stats there. So, and and football was a bit more a bit more of a simple game back then than it is now. There are more formations, more focus on rotation of positions, which again we didn't see a lot of in the nineties. So yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely take that point on. You've got to be smart. I think we might see one or two little tweaks this season because we don't want to be predictable. It might be more of a four, two, three, one at times, or it might look like that because we've got rice with a, with a Thomas Partey potentially in the same side more often. Again, though, once we get going and we move the ball up the pitch, that's going to look very different. It'll yeah. look like a three, Probably a three-three-three-one in possession quite often of the time, which is which is quite quite nice. I like that formation. What I would like to see more of is maybe that Plan B coming into force in second halves of games where we we might be behind or level where we're really chasing a goal. I think we can probably afford more often to take off a fullback mm-hmm. and go with more of a, a, a three at the back system where you'd use a Saka, a Martinelli or Trossard or whoever effectively as, as wing-backs, a little bit like City do. So that formation, for me, would look more like a 3-2-3-2, three, two, three, two, where you bring on 
an extra striker. So you've got two up top, you've got the three in behind, and then you've still got the five at the back. So I'd like to see us try that when we need to. And yeah. I've got a feeling we might. One would imagine we probably would. I mean, I mean, Art, we talked the other day after the City game about how we didn't, we, we showed them a bit of respect, which is fair enough. They're treble winners and they're obviously an excellent team. And we had Rice and Partey sitting there uh, a little bit more with a back four behind them. We have that option now, don't we? A little bit more than when, say, Granite was in the team. Yeah, I, I saw someone tweet. I, I I wish I remembered who tweeted it, but they said that moment with uh, Rice and Bernardo probably doesn't happen with Xhaka there. And it's not a dig at Xhaka, but no. he's just not as athletic as Rice is. So it's really nice to be able to kind of have a confidence in your midfield that they're able to do both sides of the job, really. And as Adrian mentioned, I think when they do have the ball, I think there will be moments where Rice and Martinelli link up quite nicely. But then when they don't, you're going to be able to just sit into more of a, a deeper structure. And we also saw Saka and Martinelli drop in as wingbacks as they've done last season as well in that game. So hopefully you just get a more compact and resolute kind of team off the ball, but then just really drive that creativity through when they do have the ball. I can't wait to watch them guys. I mean, I genuinely can't wait to see what they do and, and all the different options we have. Adrian, I think, I mean, we can talk about individuals. I think Vieira and Smith Rowe, to me, you think, I wonder what he's going to do with them. I mean, you could say that about all of them. I can't quite work out what his position is. I don't know with Smith Rowe how he fits into this, but I guess with the adaptability, there will be times when they're perfectly placed to come in and do what they do. They'll get games, yeah. And it's up to them, isn't it, Vieira and Smith Road to take their chances and to, yeah, contribute. And if they can contribute goals and assists from the bench at first, then they just, they force Mikel Arteta to review it, don't they? At the moment, he's got probably got his fixed starting 11 in mind for the first game, but I think it's always subject to change and I think it'd be more subject to change this year than it would have been last season so yeah hand on heart I think right now Smith Rowe is kind of a Havertz deputy maybe on the left side of that attacking midfield and Vieira feels like a Saka deputy on the right or an Erdegaard on the right attacking midfield position but I think it can change and that's that's the beauty of it options and unpredictability which is the thing that Mikel Arteta talked quite a lot about and how he felt that teams found us out. We did talk on the podcast the other day about David Raya and he is basically an Arsenal player at this point. Adrian Aaron Ramsdale was interviewed I mean his response and it was more than this but his response was basically bring it on I mean you said it last week and I think you really said it best it, it makes us stronger doesn't it? I mean, you can look at the long term and see how it works out. And it's obvious that Mikel Arteta isn't, hasn't quite decided, but it makes us stronger as a squad. It does. Yeah. And I think that the fact that this is a loan deal as well really does make it a shootout over the course of the season. It's, it's, it's up to Raya to try and be good enough to displace Aaron Ramsdale, isn't it? And he'll if get he games, do... won't he? He'll get games. Oh, of course he'll get games. But I think the fact that it's a loan... <laughs> 
he's probably a slight boost to Aaron Ramsdale. Yes. Rather than if it had been permanent. And I liked his response. It was very grown up and, and mature. He said, you know, I've done it to other keepers when I've come in and wanted to take their jobs. But that's that's part of being a footballer. You've always got someone else that wants your role. So you have to you have to get on with it and accept it and use it to drive up standards and I think between them, they will bring the best out of one another. It's great news for Arsenal. And yeah, if if David Raya can prove over the course of the next 12 months that he's better than Aaron Ramsdale in the eyes of the manager, then we'll buy him. If, 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 he, if he doesn't convince him, then we might buy him, we might not, we might send him back. And I, I think that's a dream scenario f- f- for Arsenal. And I th- Almost I, I would, no risk. Almost cre- no risk. Was, there is no risk. And no. I would say that Edu and the team there have done a tremendous job in getting this deal done because it suits us so much more than it suits anybody else. Yeah. And as for Matt Turner, he's gone to Nottingham Forest. That is done. He could be turning out against us. It probably will be turning out against us on uh, Saturday morning. Oh, I mean, it didn't quite work out. His Essentially, he... I always thought it was a slight surprise that we bought a goalkeeper who wasn't that good with his feet. Yeah, I think the stylistic difference was the main thing because when you look at his goalkeeping, he is a good goalkeeper and he played very, well, I'd say he he put a good account of himself when he was in goal for Arsenal. He he kept four clean sheets in his seven games and he did, to be fair to him, look a bit more confident with, with his feet each time he played, but I think it was clear what the hierarchy was. And if he wanted to really, I guess, establish himself in England, he had to move on similar to, I guess, Austin Trusty in a way. So yeah, I think good move, good fee as well for Arsenal. Um, there where I guess after spending so much money, recouping, <laughs> recouping a bit was important as well. So I think that's one that kind of suited all parties really and then obviously got the dominoes falling for the Raya stuff also Adrian one more thing about Matt Turner it was the drop off wasn't it between him and Rambo it was obvious that Rambo was first choice whereas with David Raya if Rambo the son if he gets injured David Raya comes in well you're going well I'm happy for him to be a goal as well yeah it it was too big a drop off and it would have impacted the side massively had Ramsdale got injured last season so Yeah, no, it's it's it, we're all feeling a little bit more reassured now because if if one of them is out for a lengthy period, we're well stocked, aren't we? And it's more about the, the the pushing one another as well. And I just feel that Aaron Ramsdale was in the comfort zone. I did feel hand on heart that his performance level uh, regressed slightly last season compared to what was a stunning debut season. In yes. Arsenal colours. Yes, so, West Ham away, Southampton away. There yeah. are a couple of moments, weren't there? Exactly. So I think this just is a little timely jolt to say that we are not standing still. You, to stay in the side, you've got to keep improving. You've got to remember, when Aaron Ramsdale joined, when he became number one, we just finished eighth on 61 points. Things change. And now we are a team that is in the Champions League, wants to go far in it. We want to win the title. Everyone's got to step up. And I think this is a message, not just to Aaron, but to the whole team that we, we're not settling for the same. We're going, we're going up. Yeah. Um, and, and are you going to come with us or not? 
Of our other three signings this summer, Kai Havertz, I mean, definitely the most interesting signing are, I mean, I just, I don't know what to think. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing him and seeing what he can do. I, I mean, I've said this on the podcast. I always like watching him. I thought he was a lovely footballer to watch, very smooth. And obviously he's been courted by Mikel Arteta and Edu and the rest of them. He's not first team straight away, is he, Art? Or is he? Probably not. Obviously, the circumstances that led to him starting against Manchester City was the Gabriel Jesus injury. Um, And then when we look at how that midfield has evolved with Rice and Partey, he probably doesn't get into that. But going into the season, I I do feel he's had a promising preseason, especially from that midfield area where personally I feel he'll probably have, I guess, more chances to score just because of the way he plays in that role compared to the way he played as a, as a striker against Manchester city. Um, I personally feel he's better when he's facing the goal rather than having to do the hold up play, which he showed that he is good at. But yeah, I think, I don't know if I'd agree in terms of he's the most interesting. I feel Timber might be more interesting, but maybe he's the most intriguing. I don't know if that's too. too <laughs> There's a subtle difference. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, it's not. It's, I it's not a whole massively different. different I it, but <laughs> I, I get where you're coming from because he is probably the one that people are looking at to say, "Okay, prove us wrong." And I think he has the potential to do that. I guess it's just down to him whether he will do or not. Adrian, I mean, as for uh, uh, Durian Timber, I mean. Mm. The- that is no doubt uh, interesting and intriguing <laughs> because he can play basically across most of the back four, three of the back four positions, right back, left back, centre back. Oh, he can play all four. Yeah, I guess he, he, can. he can play instead of Gab- If Gabriel was out, he could play there. No problem. So he can play all four. I mean, we've got, I mean, talk about versatility, which is something that we've always said on this podcast. We've got a guy who can play anywhere. And no doubt also, by the way, he can step into midfield as well, because that's what he will doing when we when he comes in as an inverted right or left back. Would you start him? I guess we, we, we oh, said sure. the other day that we, we think he's going to start against Forrest. And, and again, fascinated to see what he can do. Yep, definitely would start him at left back on the opening weekend. <laughs> Moving forwards, though, when Zinchenko's back, it is going to be interesting. He might find himself on the bench a bit because we know that White, you know, has a great relationship with Saka. That chemistry is is pretty special. So that that'll be the real scrap, I think, between White and Timber over the course of this season. But with Zinchenko being a little bit injury prone, if that continues, and we don't want it to, but if it does continue, then I think Timber is a shoe-in to, to drop into that position. Um, and look, every now and again, we might need to give Gabriel or, or Saliba a breather. And then you'll probably see White slot into centre-half and uh, and Timber coming at fullback. So he'll get loads of games. I love what I've seen from him so far. Of all the new signings, he's the one that's been the real eye-catcher during pre-season. He looks an Arsenal player. He's young. He's hungry. And he looks like a winner to me. He looks like someone that just has got that determination yeah. that you're looking for in a player. So, yeah, 
Timber is going to be a terrific signing, I reckon. And of all all those things you said, obviously could be said about Declan Rice as well. I mean, in in uh, in some ways, we know what we what we're getting with Declan Rice. We saw seen the way he's led West Ham to trophies. He won two trophies in the first week <laughs> at the Arsenal. And I and again, it's another one. I, I'm so delighted that he's playing, and I think he's going to be. Uh, uh, we've said he's transformational. We won't go on about him because we have <laughs> spoken about him a lot. But one thing I want to ask both of you. Um, I mean, essentially, it's going to be a, a 100-minute game now with the new... I mean, the players have been moaning about it. Does it matter, Adrian, if you're a player and you start on the bench and you know that in the 60th minute you're going to come on and get essentially 40 minutes? I mean, obviously, all players want to start, but do we have to start looking at the game now as there is no first 11? Even if you're not in the first 11 pick that starts the game you could get 40 minutes in that second half. That is time to get into the game and make a serious dent in what, what's happening on the pitch. Getting in the starting 11 will always be a footballer's goal. It is still the starting 11. You've got potential to play 90 minutes. Every player that's out there wants to be in the starting 11. That's not going to change, but it does uh, soften the blow, <laughs> the, the change in rules, because you know you're going to get a bit, little bit longer. And it also means that from an Arsenal perspective... It's even more important to have quality on the bench because they're going to get longer to to influence matches. So, yeah, in the striker position, it's really interesting. And I don't know what we're going to do moving forward in terms of bringing somebody else in or not. Here's David Ornstein with a voice note on Flo Balogun. Well, it's been pretty well known for some time that Fuller and Balogun is expected to leave Arsenal this summer. In fact, I reported it some months ago that he is a likely permanent departure from the club. And that's because of a few factors. Firstly, he wants to be the first choice regular starting striker somewhere. Ideally, that would be at Arsenal, but I don't think it's realistic given the presence of Gabriel Jesus and Eddie Nketiah. And that means he would need to look further afield, especially after his exploits in Ligue 1 last season. Now, there's a couple of years left on his contract at Arsenal, so that's normally the point where a club will need to either renew such a player or sell them. Maybe you could do another loan, but that's not something that Balogun would like to do. So I don't sense animosity. I think the situation has been fairly amicable. Arsenal are open to the prospect, provided they receive a suitable offer. And there's always going to be a lot of interest in a player of his calibre. There has been multiple suitors um, from Europe and the UK. In more recent times, it's Inter Milan who have hit the headlines, but I'm not sure if they've got the budget to be able to do this. And I revealed in recent days that Monaco had made an official approach which came off the back of a verbal offer following the friendly between the two clubs recently in pre-season. The formal offer uh, was rejected, but the sporting directors at both clubs have a good relationship. They're both Brazilian and I'm sure the conversation will be ongoing. Let's see whether... Monaco come back in again. I think there's a good chance of it because their interest has not gone away. But it's whether it will be up to Arsenal's ideal asking price, which I think is in the region of 45, 50 million pounds. That's a huge sum of money for clubs on the continent to pay. And so we'll also have to keep an eye on whether any domestic suitors come forward. But I would expect a conclusion to this, of course, before the transfer window closes, exactly when is not clear, but that's the current situation as I understand it. 
Or are we going to bring someone else in? I mean, we don't know what's happening. Yeah, I would say yes. I would love to bring somebody in because Jesus is about energy and sometimes he's going to blow up. Sometimes he's going to get fatigued. I would suggest, I, I don't have the stats to hand. I don't have that. But I, with my eyes and my memory, Jesus' best, most sparkling, twinkling moments have come in first halves of games more than seconds. That that's that's my memory. That might be factually incorrect, but it feels to me like he's a sharp guy that is red hot for an hour and then maybe because of his style he needs a breather. So I think we can reinforce a little bit like in the goalkeeping department, we've upgraded. We've got someone really really good to compete even though we've got options that can play up front, I still think there is a there is a space for somebody to come in and be that half an hour, 40-minute guy. I uh, don't know who it is. No. <laughs> but yeah, that's my take anyway. What do you think, Art? I don't know. I'm, I'm not as, say, I don't feel as, as urgent an issue just because of the way the Havertz kind of experiment developed. And obviously people would have been a bit confused like about Arsenal going for another goalkeeper. But if they've got players who can play multiple positions and roles like Havertz, like Rice, it I think it does just lend yourself to a bit more freedom um, in what you yeah. do in the yeah. present. So that's why, say, if we look at the community shield, when Rice went off, Eddie yes. came on up top, and Havertz drops mm. into midfield. If you just reverse that and say it, maybe Eddie starts on Saturday and then comes off, Havertz can go up front during the game. So I think there's a bit more room for in-game changes now when you compare it to last season. So for me, I'm not as, I guess I don't have as much of a burning sensation for <laughs> that. But I do, I do respect that it could be something that is needed in the say medium term future yeah, yeah it, it for me it still boils down to the fact that we're one long-term gabriel jesus injury away from having a, a part-timer up front if we don't go with eddie and eddie mm. isn't it isn't yet top tier we do I, I think that he would admit that himself but can we how do we have the money to spend on on a top tier striker no I, no idea no, <laughs> no, no idea at all no. but there's got to be somebody out there. We've seen the appeal of Arsenal. We've seen the appeal. Yeah. Um, David Raya is another another great example. Coveted goalkeeper, willing to come on loan to prove himself and to back himself. There are players, hungry players out there that would, they'd walk, they'd walk to the ends of the earth to, to wear the, the Arsenal badge. And yeah, I, I just, I think, I think looking at all the departments, the striker, position is one where we don't have as much depth as other no. teams. No, although we do get goals. We do get goals from all over the field. I mean, top goal scorers last year, Odegaard and or Martinelli as well. So we get goals from wide. But you know what? I'm sure they're on the lookout and they're keeping an eye on it. And, sure and, and I'm sure, I'm sure agents are. Are, are phoning them going, what about this fella? <laughs> so I'll tell you what we're going to do. We'll take a short break. Uh, and in part two, uh, we're going to get the guys to predict what they think will happen. <laughs> and then we'll have it recorded. We'll do this with Amy as well, by the way, uh, when she's back next week. This is Handbrake Off. 
the Arsenal podcast brought to you by The Athletic. Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. We were a bit uh, with the handbrake at time. Ian Stone here on Handbrake of The Athletic's Arsenal podcast, Art De Roche and Adrian Clark with me. Um... Last season in the Premier League, 126, drawn six, lost six. Uh, if we'd have got draws in those six lost games, we'd have had the same record as the Invincibles, by the way, and we'd have won the title. But anyway, <laughs> second last season, absolutely fantastic season. Uh, it's 20 years since our last Premier League title. Ah, oh, the pressure is on this year, right? I mean, I feel differently. Last year, before we started the season, we were obviously a bit gutted about what happened when we when we missed out on Champions League spots and we finished fifth. And I don't think anyone thought we'd have the season we'd have. I certainly didn't. But then I saw them against Palace. I was up in Edinburgh like I am at the moment and I saw them against Palace and I thought, my God, something has happened. As it, I mean, it was Gabriel Jesus, essentially, and Zinni, wasn't it? But something had definitely happened. And, and, and there was this growing sense of wonder that we're watching something unfold that was really beautiful and, and magical and, and it didn't quite happen, but it was still brilliant to watch. Now... With what happened last season and having spent 200 million quid on some big name players, we need to win big this year, don't we? What do you think in terms of the Premier League? Where do you think we'll finish this season? Oof. It's really interesting. I, I feel. Is it interesting or intriguing, Art? Which is it? Both, both. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I feel like the squad is good enough to be competitive again. The big thing. I feel that will make the difference is how they deal with moments. So um, when we got to April last season, you saw the complacency kind of set in and that's what really cost us. Complacency? Really? You think it was complacency? Oh, that's what I, West Ham West Ham and Southampton, I, I felt that was complacent. 
yeah. moments, okay. not not the whole no. game. There were just moments within the game that I just thought was complacent. I feel like there's enough there to kind of fix that this year, but I'm not sure I'm confident enough to go all the way and say they will win the league. So I'm going to say second again, but hopefully there's a kind of similar trend to the last couple of seasons where they exceed expectations. I mean, Adrian, this is a team that has improved year on year. I mean, it's been so obvious, eighth to fifth to second, and the way the trajectory of the team, well, if they continue on that trajectory, they're going to be better than last season. We only need we only need to get something out of Man City and uh, that will do it for us. What do you think? <laughs> You've still got to win all those matches that we won oh, last totally season. And, uh, it's not I, as easy I, as all that. Yes, I am aware. <laughs> really? Oh, okay. No, but you understand I, the, the trajectory yeah. of this team has been forwards and upwards. And, and Mikel Arteta is a driven guy. And he has definitely inculcated that in the players. That being the case. Yeah. Look, if we get six extra points, which is definitely doable... We'll get to 90 and 90 often wins you the title. So, so look, that's that's the target. My head says City are still worthy favourites. The, the the prices, the odds will tell you that. They're, they're odds on already and Arsenal were the second favourites, but quite a way behind in the market. And that's probably where we're at. But can we win it? Yeah, we can yeah. win it. And I wasn't saying that this time last year. I was saying, can we get top four? Yeah, we can. <laughs> no one was even talking about winning the thing. It's changed and we can win it. I don't feel like I'd be totally honest if I said we're better than City, we're going to win it. Because I, I want to see what happens. We do need to improve. We need to improve without the ball. We need to be much more solid and switched on. Uh, and our game management has to be smarter than it was in the second half of last season. If If that happens... Yeah, I think we can win the title. If it doesn't happen, if we don't make those improvements, we we won't win it because we could concede too many goals. But I can't see us outside of the top three. It is amazing. I've I've seen some predictions saying that oh, we're not going to have a season like we had last season. And I think, are you not watching what's going on at Arsenal? What's been happening the last few years? I remember seeing Bukayo Saka interviewed after a, one of our wins last year. I think it's when we. Thrash leads at home and he was in his sliders chatting away to Martin Keown on match of the day and he was so cocky and confident I loved him he talked about the improvement not just of last season but of the last three seasons since Mikel Arteta has been there uh, and and so really I look to that and I have to say and I and I know that listeners will go well you're, you're none of you are making predictions here because, it, you know I, it's a, it would be a bit mad to say yes we will win the title it would but can we win the title? Oh, absolutely, we bloody can. What I would say, and we can talk about the Champions League in a second, is that we've signed Bakayo Saka and William Saliba on four-year contracts, which means that after two, we'll be looking to either extend or sell, right? I mean, it's basically, I mean, we could maybe try and keep them down to one year, but after two. So I think in the next two years, I actually think we do have to win one of the one major trophy in order to keep those two talents who I think are generational talents at the club because you couldn't blame them if they decided to look elsewhere because they can definitely win trophies in any team they're playing for. But that's fair enough, isn't yeah. it? We should win a trophy this season. Yeah, whether it's yes. the Premier League or not. That's why I think having a strong number two keeper is, is a real boost for the for the yeah. domestic cups as well. Um, but no, yeah. I, this team deserves t to win a trophy and there is a pressure, whether we like it or not, there is a pressure 
honest to do that now. Pressure is a privilege, as they say, right? And I think these these guys are happy to take it. Also back in the Champions League for the first time since 2016-2017. And I'm looking to look forward to this Champions League season in a way I haven't looked forward to the Champions League for at least 10 years. Because certainly the last three or four years in the Champions League, it's like, well, we'll scrape through the group stage in second place and then we'll get Bayern Munich and we'll get absolutely <laughs> mullered. And that's <laughs> what happened. Now we're in pot two. We could face uh, we could face any of these teams: Sevilla, Barcelona, Napoli, Paris Saint-Germain, Benfica, Feyenoord, or of course Bayern Munich, who will, of course, or almost certainly, have Harry Kane playing for them. I know it's mad to say this, Adrian, but do we have more of a chance in the Champions League? Because in the end, it's a cup competition, and I would, and if we got our first team playing and firing, we are no one's going to want to get Arsenal. No one. Yeah, we're definitely ones to watch for the rest. I don't think teams will want to face us, that's for sure. No, it's not easier to win the Champions League. I mean, we've never won it. Um, there's a reason we've never won it. It's, it's, it's blimmin' hard to, to win it. But I, I take your point. With a bit of luck, a good draw, you can find yourself in the latter stages and, and, and go all the way, I guess. Tottenham um, got to the final. Tottenham yeah, got to the if, final if three or four there, years yeah. ago. Of yeah. course we can. Inter Milan got to last year's final. I yes. think we're better than Inter Milan. So, of course it's doable. What I want to see is us really attack the competition, have a bit of fun with it and stick it to some of these big boys just to just to let them know, look, the Arsenal are back. We're back on this big stage and we're not messing around. I want to see some real memorable uh, moments, goals, games at Emirates Stadium this season against against top quality European opposition. I think Rice and Saliba are going to be huge for us in that competition. Uh, Rice is obviously vastly experienced, uh, full international, and Saliba is just, just a brilliant player. I think that spine there, if they, they bring their A game in the, on those big nights, we can be competitive against anyone. Oh, Champions League nights at the Emirates again. I mean, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I'll even probably sing along with the anthem. <laughs> but I genuinely... What are the words? I, I mean, I, I'll, <laughs> it's something about money. I think there's quite a lot in there which is about money, to be honest with you. Uh, I don't know what the words are, but Champions League nights, it's, it's what we wanted for a while we had it for so long under Arsene Wenger and it became more of a burden than anything but now this feels like the real deal and we're ready to compete again I mean you only have to look at the Champions League's Twitter account to see how big Arsenal are of a pull in that because I feel like they tweet about Arsenal almost every day. They even tweeted out a picture of <laughs> Win the dog <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> Win is getting but very terms, high profile art. She's a very high profile dog. But in terms of Arsenal actually being back in the competition, I think it is about what Adrian mentioned with creating memories and similar to Saturday's game against City, just getting belief again in those games because... It's, you don't just want to be in there to make up the numbers. No. And that's what it felt like, didn't it, the last few years? Yeah, exactly. And I I hope the squad is used really well in the Premier League games that lead into the Champions League matches as well. I think that's probably why you saw quite a lot of those more rotation players like Vieira, Smith-Rowe, Kivior even, start against Monaco, because you actually have to give them games to get a little bit of a rhythm you can't just throw them in randomly so 
that's something I think that's probably worth keeping an eye out for as well. And in terms of how far we can realistically go, I mean, I mean, if you get, you could say, all right, let's get through the group stages and get through a couple of knockout rounds. If we can get to a semi-final, well, if you get to the semi-final, you can win it, right? I mean, I mean, that's basically it. So quarters is about the par, I'd say. If we can get to the quarterfinals, that's that's a good, respectable effort. Anything less, I think, would be a slight disappointment. Not a disaster, but a slight disappointment. What do you, what do you think, Art? Yeah, I'd say quarters as well, and then take it from yeah, there, really, because you never know. You, as Ian said, you could win the quarters. We've spoken about the 2007-8 season quite a lot, and that was quarters, I believe, against Liverpool potential to get further in that last 10 minutes of that game they got to the semi-final the season after and got united (laughs) so less said about that the better but there's potential there there is so yeah i i think you just go in and attack it as best you can really i mean all i would say is that certainly in the first half of last season we were one of the best three or four teams in europe I mean, we were, we were, we were way ahead of Man City. I don't think any. I think we would give absolutely anyone a game. Obviously, uh, things dropped off a little bit in the second half of the season. So I would be disappointed if we didn't make the semis. And I know it's crazy, <laughs> but at the same, <laughs> because we haven't, we you know, we haven't really pushed in that competition for a long time. But I think the ambition really should be limitless with this group of players because I looked at what they did last year and they have spent serious money and improved the team in the positions they needed to improve it in. All those things you said, Adrian, about the drop-off in quality, we needed a better goalkeeper at certain points we, or the goalkeeper to perform better. We needed a bit more solidity in that midfield. We needed a few more goals. We have, for the most part, addressed that, I think. And so I, I think that the the ambition is there uh, to, to to basically go all the way in these competitions. In the meantime, we're also going to be playing in the FA Cup and League Cup. We haven't done very well uh, in those competitions. We won the FA Cup in 2020, but we haven't made it past the fourth round since then. And in the League Cup, obviously we're playing some weakened teams. I mean, it is an indicator of how far we've come in terms of depth in less than a year. The starting 11 versus Brighton last November was uh, Carl Hine, Cedric, Saliba, Holding Tierney, Elneny, Laconga, Marquinhos, Vieira, Nelson and Anketia. I wrote down a tentative second in each position 11 for the, for the here and now and it's Raya, Timber, Tommy, Kivior, Katie, Jorginho, Havertz, Smith-Rowe, Vieira and Ketia Trossard. It's a lot stronger. <laughs> That's a hell of a lot stronger, isn't it? <laughs> One to eleven. I mean, that is a team that could could probably finish sixth or seventh in the uh, in the Premier League. Yeah, really playing on a regular basis. So we want to have a good go at these competitions, don't we? Art? Yeah, I, I think the silverware as well. We know it's been about three years now. I think actually, <laughs> sorry, three days maybe. Yeah. If we yeah, count yeah, the yeah. shield, yeah. my bad. But um. That's another real, I guess, driver, I think, just to kind of put a stamp on the progress that is made and say, okay, we've come this far in this amount of time. So hopefully there's, I guess, a bit more tangible proof, which I know we spoke about on Monday. Yeah. But also, also games, Adrian, games for everyone. You you mm. go, you play six games in a League Cup and six or seven games in the FA Cup. 13 games there, that's, and 13 games for squad players. Well, yeah, if you've got depth, then you can do it. City have done it, haven't they? They've been winning 
well, they won the treble. They've yeah. won the League Cup. The one they didn't win last year was the League Cup. They all, almost always win that. It doesn't seem to impact them. We're trying to get to a city level of depth, aren't we? We're probably not quite there, but we're not not that far off now. No. So yeah, we can we we can do it, and I would love to do it because I think Art used the use the term memories, and that's what it's about, isn't it? You want these great memories, and and most of the best ones are when you win stuff, uh, FA Cup finals, League Cup finals. They they they're great days. So let's go for it. Let's go for it this year because. Because it, they are the most winnable. Let's face it. If we put out strong teams in those competitions, we got we got a brilliant chance of winning them. Yeah, and and a couple of little things before we go. Ethan Wanieri, Miles Lewis, Skelly Art. Do you think they're going to get any minutes this season? I mean, the squad is very strong. Yeah, it's, it's a difficult one to predict, especially especially with how those chances have been, I guess, dished out by Arteta in recent years. Um, so I'd say it'd be more likely in the League Cup if it was to happen. We'll see. Favourable draws would help, yeah. wouldn't they? You know, <laughs> exactly, We don't yeah, really want well. away at Man United or away at Spurs no. or Chelsea. Whereas if we get a home draw against a team from sort of League Two, you could put mm. one or two of those in, couldn't you, really? Yeah. All right, Forrest, on Saturday, here we bloody well go then. Let's have a song uh, to finish. Adrian, what have you got? Well, I feel good. I feel good. We've won a couple of trophies <laughs> last um, in the last week or two. Um, it's the start of the new season. This is this is a great time to be alive. And uh, yeah, there's a song by the Gorillas, "Feel Good Inc." Yep, and that sort of sums it up for me. Yeah, quiet. It is a great time to be alive if you are an Arsenal fan. Art, what about you? I'm not sure this one fits. <laughs> <laughs> you love a I like the way you set sure. that up. I'm not sure this one fits. Just yeah. a song that I like. What I'm, is it? I'm not sure if it's like acceptable for the pod. I'll um, tell you. Go on. But because of the amount of options Arsenal have across the pitch... I'm going for Candy Shop by uh, 50 Cent. Yeah, because that's what the song's about, isn't it? Options <laughs> across the pitch. It's very much, because um, isn't there a verse about like three right backs and inverted? Yeah. I think yeah. there is. That's right. Yeah, we um, know. We love that verse. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I, well, I talked about the pressure and how pressure is a privilege. And I think this year is when I think it should happen. So I've gone for the heat. I was watching, what I was, I was watching Beverly Hills Cup the other day and the heat is on, was on that, which is great. So I'm Glenn Glenn Frey, uh, because I think the heat is on this year, but I think they'll stand up to it. I genuinely do. So I'm going for that. Thanks, guys. Nice to see you. Thanks to Adrian Clark. Thank you to Art DeRoche. Thanks to Jay, our producer. And thank you for listening. This has been Handbreak Off, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by The Athletic. See you.